With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm PJ Dorn, and this week on Pit Pass, we have Moto America racer Rocco Landers. Pit Pass Moto, as you know, is sponsored by Moto America, the home of America's greatest road racing. Upcoming races just a week and a half away now at Road Atlanta and Pittsburgh. Road Atlanta being... Uh, the dates July 31 through August 2, Pittsburgh coming up August 7 through August 9. Those are in the very near future, all day racing with five classes of racing, including Superbike, Superstock, Stock 1000, Twins Cup, Junior Cup as well. Pittsburgh race includes the Mini Cup by Motul. If you can't make it out for some reason, by all means, get out to a Moto America Live Plus site. And you can watch all of the day's activities from first thing in the morning, qualifying practice, every session. It's available. The coverage is amazing. Also, of course, go to MotoAmerica.com where you can find information on the upcoming events as well as how to get tickets. Now, for the latest news in our industry, we had a MotoGP event. The Spanish GP went off and there was a lot of casualties, quite a few. whole bunch of do not starts and a fair handful of do-not-finish riders, including reigning champion Mark Marquez. He broke his right arm. We feel terrible for the guy. Gladly, he did not suffer any further injury. It is his right humorous, though, and I suspect there will be some downtime for Mr. Marquez. His little brother, Alex, came across the line at the finish in his inaugural MotoGP race in 12th position. More importantly, Fabio Cortoraro of the Patronus Yamaha SRT team does the business, takes his win. 
ahead of one very fast Maverick Vinales and Andrea Dovizioso. It was an incredible race with Vinales pushing Marquez at the beginning. As I mentioned, sadly, Marquez retired with a broken arm in his second crash of the race. The first crash, he just forgot that he was supposed to let go of the motorcycle. He had quite the event mid-corner at a pretty high rate of speed. I'd say he was in the 120, 130 range when he lost the front end. The bike was fully tucked under. He should have crashed somehow through the brilliance that is Mark Marquez. He picked the bike up, ran it into the gravel at well over 100 miles an hour, didn't crash, rejoined the race, and looked like he was going to make a serious challenge to get back on the podium, even though he was as far back as you know, 15th, 16th at one point after the incident. He was closing on the leaders until he unfortunately had the big off. Massive high side, landing hard on his right arm, and unfortunately breaking his humerus. A lot of other guys, as I mentioned, didn't get to start. Cal Crutchlow is going to be having a wrist surgery where they're going to pin his wrist. So sadly, he was not in the event. The GOAT, Valentino Rossi, just didn't have a good day of it. And he retired before Marquez's event. So it was a bit of a decimated field. First race of the year, though, everybody's still got a chance if they can get healthy before the next round. So we're wishing all those guys the best of luck. Anyone who crashed or was injured, we hope you heal up quickly. It was an incredible race, and I encourage you to get out there and watch it. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, in 2014, who were the three top motorcycle producers globally by volume, that is by volume, who were the three leaders globally. We'll be back with that answer after we talk to Rocco Landers. I'd like to welcome to the Pit Pass Moto today, reigning 2019 Moto America Junior Cup champ, Rocco Landers current Moto America racer. And that's not all you're doing, right, Rocco? You got some other stuff going on, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We are currently working out getting to Austria for the Red Bull Moto GP Rookies Cup, as well as doing a few more Moto America rounds this year. This year's going pretty good. We've already gotten a win in the Twins Cup, and we've gotten a win in the Junior Cup this year, so I'd say it's going good. All on the same day, right? Yeah, well, we were struggling in the first round. We came back, got, did some work on the bike. I did a bunch of training, went back. We actually found out we were running a bent frame for the first part of the season on Saturday night of race one. So I was having trouble with getting it to hook around on left-handers, I mean, right-handers. Then on left-handers, I was actually like, it was the front end was tucking and it was sliding a lot. That was a bit strange. So on Saturday night, my team worked really hard. They set a uh, frame swap, actually, and now... And on Sunday, I could get the bike to turn, and I was having a lot more fun riding it. It was working well. I had the fastest lap. I got the lap record in the Junior Cup, and I was able to take the win on Sunday. And then in the Twins Cup, I was top of every session all weekend, and I was able to take the win by, I believe, like one second. So, yeah, season's going great. Yeah, three races, three podiums, two Ws. You can't do much better than that, Rocco. So congratulations again. Your your season's off to an amazing start. And you said you're on your way to Austria for that Red Bull Rookies Cup. That's uh, scheduled uh, August 16th. Is that about right? Yep. And there's uh, 
we're not sure how it's going to pan out with Moto America and that, but it's been a, been a bit of a pain to get over there so far, but we're working it out. We don't know how it's going to pan out with Moto America. With the seasons for for anybody right now, I mean, there's a whole bunch of question mark above a lot of things for everyone, not just the racers, but also the teams, the staff, and the race organizers. It's a very fluid, very fluid situation, both here in America and abroad. Did you get to watch any of the MotoGP this weekend, Rocco? Yes, I actually watched all the MotoGP, Moto2, Moto3 races live, as well as American Flat Track on Saturday. Yeah. Got to see Dallas Daniels take the W in the singles class. Yeah, that's awesome. Are you are you a flat tracker too, Rocco? I do some flat track. Uh, I really enjoy it. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's really good training for learning how to slide the bike and how to be comfortable with like bike control and whatnot. But I prefer TT personally because I was right and left and you're using the front brake lever. I think TT is some of the best training you can do for road racing, except for actual road racing itself. I couldn't agree more. There's a whole family of Haydens who had a TT track in their backyard, and we all know how well all of them went because they trained there. So you're absolutely spot on. Speaking of sliding the bike around, what'd you think about Marquez's first crash when he forgot to get off the bike? Was that, oh, I mean, uh, his uh, save? Front slide, oh, yeah, that, dude. That's a, that's a that crash. That's a good save. That's, that's a crash that he forgot to let go of. <laughs> but it was amazing. Yeah, that, that's a good point. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God, how did he just save that? Because I saw, it looked like he was almost going to start checking out. But it was uh, it was so close because you could see how much the front end was turned. And I was just like, oh, and how fast he was going. If he had crashed a millisecond later, he would have just the front end would have been sliding and he would have when he got off into the dirt, he would have just tucked the front there. Oh, yeah. Well, and would have gone into a cartwheel. That would have just been one of the ugliest crashes ever. I mean, the bike would have exploded. We can all imagine what could have happened. That guy's insanely good. And and. The, the window he had to save it in, it's just, it's sticking in my brain. I watched it again this morning for a refresher. I was like, how did he pull that off? Because it was so short an amount of time he had. Well, hopefully that you was, never that find was yourself. I, I was like, I was like, wow. Because I actually do a lot of parking lot drills, like on a on a 150R or a, or a 65 or like a, a, two, a, mini, a mini road race bike. I do a lot of par- parking lot drills where basically you purposely, like you'll do circles or figure eights. And as when you turn, you purposely tuck the front so you can save it. That's that, some that work. helps a lot with that. And with flat track, I try to tuck the front as much as possible when I do it. I'm still learning how because I just recently got a 450 for flat track. I'm figuring that thing out now. It's, it's super fun. Like parking lot drills and flat track are my two favorite things to do. Yeah. And in flat track, tuck in the front is is kind of a speed controller right i mean you're essentially yeah. plowing you're plowing the front to control your speed which when you exactly, see the really yeah. good guys doing it it's amazing you know it's like wow they're not nothing is actually connected solidly to the ground at this moment everything there that's touching the ground is sliding in one direction or another it's pretty sweet and learning that really does make you a better road racer it's great uh, you see marquez he does so much flat track and motocross and all that Every day in his Instagram, he like to post something about training. It's cool. It really is. And he's given us, uh, all, I mean, he's given every racer inspiration because going back to his first, uh, the flat tracks that they did, the international challenges where he actually gave the best of American flat trackers a legit run. He's not kind of flat tracking. He is as good as anybody on a flat track yeah. bike, no doubt about it. 
the flat track, I, I went over there I, I, when I was racing in Spain. I was able to do some flat track over there. They they take it seriously. I mean, their tracks are, are, I would say their tracks are as good or better than any American track I've ever ridden. They got teams for flat track. They've got like factory Suzuki and Honda and Cowie, and they got they got everything there. They're about as dedicated as we are, I'd say, with flat track. Yeah, absolutely. And they do it indoors a lot too. So they've got a very yeah. controlled environment. Their tracks look, the prep looks beautiful. Every track I've ever seen video of, it's like, God, they've got their tracks just dialed. They run rain tires as well. They don't run uh, like Metis or Max's flat track tires. I believe they're 17 inch Michelin rain tires is what the Spanish flat track championship uses. Yep, that is exactly right. And that's what they use. That race I was thinking of was the Grand Premio, that one. Uh, which, oh, Super, Preci- yeah, Super Prestigio? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched that a lot. That's, uh, that's a killer event, and I hope it keeps going. They quit doing it in 2017. I don't know why. Yeah, they tried to bring it back, I thought, last year. But, it, it, yes, I hope it comes back. And I know with COVID, this the, it might be the kind of thing that doesn't come back this year. But hopefully they get it going again. Now that that was a fun event. <laughs> I mean, I never was actually able to go there, but I would always watch it live on the website or whatever. So you got for sure you've got Austria. How many of these uh, Red Bull Rookies Cup have they got scheduled, if you will, tentatively? I mean, everything's kind of tentative. How many of them have they got scheduled that you believe you're going to be going to race? Every race that is scheduled, I'm I'm going to. I believe it's probably. I think it's like twelve races six weekends i don't know the exact gotcha it's not every event it's not every moto gp round it's select moto gp rounds no it's not it's not everyone have you ever been to austria i have not i've been to spain and italy right on yeah that red bull ring there in austria looks like one heck of a facility i think you're you're clearly (laughs) gonna be excited for it of course that track looks like so fun Whenever I was, when I first made Red Bull, I watched all the tracks from last year and watched all the races, and I was just like, of all the tracks, Red Bull Ring looks like just the funnest track because of all the look like there's a lot of elevation changes. This is just looks like a fun track. Well, and Red Bull being the awesome company that they are, I mean, they built that track for one purpose to do this stuff, and it's yeah, they put a lot of love into it, and it shows. And they're bringing guys like you out. How do you like your chances, man? As we know, that's an incredibly difficult class. The list of former winners from that class pretty much tells you who's in MotoGP right now. Yeah. So it is a no-joke rising stars class, and it's awesome for you that you get to be there. You clearly are a rising star. You think you got what it's going to take to roll with those boys? Well, I mean, I've been doing quite a bit of training, and... I've been working pretty hard, so I don't see why why I shouldn't be able to be somewhere close to the front. I'm just, my goal right now is just to do as well as I possibly can, and I mean we can only go one way. That's up. Right on. Well, and and no way am I questioning your talent, Rocco. Clearly, you've got everything it takes, and we look forward to seeing how you go on the in Europe. It's always interesting when American racers go over. It's always an adjustment for anyone. There's just no way it it can't be. Europe is different than America, but we've had some really good examples of riders going over and showing them, showing them how it's done. And we we hope you continue to add to that list. What's your next hurdle for getting over there? Are you still at the, we got to get our passports lined up deal or where are you at? Yeah, that's where we are right now. We're, We're still working it out. It should work. Yeah. My manager has been helping out quite a bit with that. Is your family still, I'm sure, very involved in your racing? I mean, are they 
part of the team or they have they kind of transitioned into support role as your as your talents have come to the front? My family always they come to every Moto America event for the most part and my mom always is the one who helps me with getting my getting food and gets me just to chill in the trailer when I'm getting ready to race. My sisters and my brother are the they're the fan base, I think. So running your social media? No, they they just do the they, they sell the t shirts and the hats and they they wear the t shirts, the hats and they advertise them. And then my dad is my mechanic and my crew chief for the junior cup and the advice giver for like the twins cup my dad's been my biggest support for sure well it's important to have people behind you and on that note Rocco is there anyone you would like to say thank you as we near the end here I want to give you a chance to thank clearly you just got your family in so kudos to you you got any sponsors or anybody else you want to give a shout out to that's helped you along the way and as you continue to carry on on your way well yeah I'd absolutely like to thank some sponsors First, I'd like to give a thanks to my parents and my family and everyone who comes out and helps. Keith Code with the Superbike School, SportbikeTrackGear.com, Team Hammer, American Racing, Hot Bodies Racing, uh, Body Work, Mythos Leathers, HJC Helmets, Lee's Cycle. We got uh, DP Brakes, Blood Lubricants. All right on. You've got a whole list of them, man. Well, we look forward to seeing you in Europe. I hope all of that goes smashingly. Of course, I would imagine your Moto America competitors don't mind seeing you leave either because you are the man at the top right now. You're making their life easier if you aren't at around. So I'm sure they're they're pulling for your success, but also hoping you uh, might stay away a little longer. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today, Rocco. Uh, we'll, we'll see you on the track, brother. Thank you. This week's Pit Pass trivia question was, in 2014, who were the three top motorcycle producers globally by volume? The answer is Honda, Yamaha, and Hero Moto Corp. Of course, we know Honda and Yamaha are Japanese companies. They're huge, and they sell globally. Hero Moto Corp out of India. They make so many motorcycles. Hero invests in the industry because they are attempting to be, if not already achieved, the largest motorcycle manufacturer in the world. They've done incredible things. India's very populous place, and motorcycles are how people go to work. Most of the world, just not here in America so much, but most of the world, they ride little bikes that Hero makes by the millions. In upcoming racing news, we have now what looks to be the second round schedule for the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series. Their opener is going to be August the 15th at Loretta Lynn's Ranch in Tennessee. I'm hoping that event goes off, as are all of us. We really want to see motocross get its season going. As we previously stated, Moto America's next venue will be Road Atlanta, July 31st through August 2nd, followed by Pit Race, August 7th through August 9th. And upcoming this very next weekend, we have MotoGP from Spain again. Same circuit, different race. This weekend, MotoGP in Spain, 
followed on August the 9th by the Czech GP. That's Czechoslovakia. There's a full schedule of racing in MotoGP, and I'm really crossing my fingers that all of it gets to happen. It's my favorite one to watch, and I hope you're enjoying it right along with me. There's already been a lot of drama, so we look forward to how that season plays out. Thank you again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app where you'll get alerts when new episodes are uploaded. And if you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and of course, pitpassmoto.com, where you can check out our all-new blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Howerson, Chris Bishop, our producer, Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ Doran. We'll see you next week. Keep chasing the flag. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.